It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, It is just after 5 o'clock, and I'm still unclear uh, as to whether J.P. Finley is going to join the show. Okay, in two minutes, J.P. Finley is going to join the show. Thank you, Victor. Uh, Vic Ferreira over on the the producer side of things today. Uh, That's my fault for not texting J.P. earlier, giving him more of a chance to uh, respond, but... Real quick, uh, while we wait to bring on JP for Not My Beat, uh, I'll quickly expand since we didn't get to in the last segment on the Belichick thing. Um, Belichick is one of the best coaches in the history of the league, obviously. Um, he is, his resume speaks for itself. Um, I think people that are like real football fans understand what made him so great schematically. Um, we talked about that a little bit, or, you know, about a half hour ago why his flexibility and his defensive genius, like all that stuff is is almost impossible to overrate. Um, That said, because he is in his 70s and because I think he is probably better suited personality-wise for a more veteran roster, he's not near the top of my list for a lot of teams that are going to be looking for coaches. Um, I do think a couple of places would be intriguing. Like theoretically, Seattle's extremely intriguing for for Bill Belichick. But why would you move on from Pete Carroll to bring in Bill Belichick? Like the whole point is you're moving on from a septuagenarian and Pete Carroll's built that team. So why do you think Bill could come in and run it better? They've got some, I mean, defensively incredibly intriguing because they want, um, like they will, they're going to be nasty defensively. They're pretty much whoever is there with their personnel all of a sudden, Belichick comes in and, like, good God, what he could do with Devin Witherspoon in that secondary uh, would be nuts. And you're not thinking super long-term uh, because if that ownership is going to change in a couple of years. And so you can le- kind of leave that uh, decision for when you sell the team eventually of, like, do you want to keep Belichick? Do you want to move on? So it's it's short-term and short-term. The problem is, again, they are acting as a team that – uh, it is seems to be wanting to go on a youth movement. And whether that's to keep Shane Waldron, their offensive coordinator, or they want to embark on a bigger search or whatever, I don't feel like Belichick is actually what they're looking for in Seattle, even if it's one of the more logical fits, looking at it purely from a football perspective. Um, and by the way, coming up at the top of the hour, um, Logan Paulson and I did an exercise today to, uh, when we recorded Take Command that I'm going to share some reflections of, um, which is basically we ranked all of the jobs. And we took every single job opening and we ranked ownership. We ranked draft capital. We ranked uh, roster or roster. We ranked specifically quarterback. We ranked like other factors. Like, you know, if you have to be the guy replacing Belichick and while most of it was pretty objective, like this owner is well known and is good. And this owner is, is known to be a problem. Like, There's some of it where it's like, okay, this owner would be a problem if I'm a younger coach, but not so much if I'm an older coach. And that is where, like, some of the stuff with Belichick becomes a little squirrely, trying to figure out what jobs are right for him. Um, And and that's why a job like Atlanta, I think, is also intriguing for Belichick, a place that he is apparently very highly thought of uh, and that is very interested in him because Arthur Blank has been a little more short-term in his thinking and is getting older um, and and wants to win a Super Bowl um, before he gives up control of that team uh, voluntarily or not, if you will. Uh, and then you know you got you got um, you know a good roster and 
that is also something where like Bill Belichick's not going to do a building process. Um, so a place like Washington, obviously not going to be that interested. So that's kind of my thoughts on Belichick, where he goes from here. Obviously today uh, he kept it pretty simple. Um, but moving on from New England after 24 years. Just after 5 o'clock, it is time for us to move on as well. It is time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. All right, J.P. Finley joins us. Of course, Commander's Insider for NBC4 host of the Beltway Football Podcast, and uh, a little show called B. Mitch and Finley over on 106.7, the fan, 10A to 2P. JP, are you excited, scared, or both for 106.7, the fan, versus the Team 980 Live? Um, you know, I don't really know what it is yet. And, and I'm the CK's email really helped me understand. Like, if, it, if we're arm wrestling or something, you know, I, I don't really know who I want from your place. But uh, if we're just hanging Hello. out and a good time, I'm ready. I mean, come on. If, if that's I mean, you're like, you're a trainer and everything. You're kind of you're like low key Jack. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're saying I don't know who I'd want from your place. Yeah, the for, like to win, or if you're saying you have to compete, and you're like you don't you don't want to compete against me. Was that meant to be insulting? I, is basically I don't what think I'm asking. I want to compete. It was. I was trying to compliment you oh okay myself. thank you i appreciate I that. that okay all right well that will allow that obviously somebody it'd probably be russell okay well you know he's a big fella. yeah i think i think we could we could coach him up over on our side to use some leverage and we could probably get some things done so you know um let me be clear i like the 1067 side as a team i just i mean between b I mean, I put B Mitch up against everybody, and then yes, I think I he's think our Bickle's problem. Still, Bickle, Bickle still got a little strength to him. I think Bishop might still have a little strength to him. You know, I think we can take our chances. You guys also have uh, two and a half times the amount of players, if you will. Uh, fortunately, though, for for all of us, we are uh, we are not actually competing in anything. We're just going to be talking about football, and there's no censors. So that's kind of really where I was going to with are you. The are you excited or are you scared? Because the FCC has no control and neither does anybody else, including probably our boss. Well, and I assume there'll be alcohol served at this event. Yeah, probably. I, I think if there's not, um, that that won't stop people from consuming it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited then. And dude, that's okay. a home game for me. I feel like all these events are always in in Virginia or downtown. I mean, this is in Bethesda. That thing's like five ten minutes from my house that's that's also true that's a that's a mega win for you uh, again february 2nd it's a friday 8 p.m uh you can go to bethesda theater uh their website for all of the ticketing information it's gonna be a really good time uh we'll be out chopping it up on stage uh it'll, it'll be great uh as for the news of the current moment jp um we heard all the reporting earlier today. Uh, Rap had it first, and then you and Nikki and everybody quickly confirmed that we are down to two. Ian Cunningham and Adam Peters as the lead candidates, the finalists for this front office position. What c- Can you flush that out for us? Like, How did we get to these two, and what are they looking at in terms of structure and timeline to, to get this done? Well, I think we've already seen that, that Josh Harris kind of sticking to his word of the thorough but rapid search here. 
Uh, this thing's moving fast. I, frankly, I think it's wrapped up before next weekend. Um, I, the date I had set on it all along was next Wednesday, um, which is fairly arbitrary, but it was just kind of me doing some mental, you know, some mental math and, you know, combined with some things I know. Um, I, I think, I think this is a really exciting time for commanders fans. And I get the folks that want to be apprehensive and say, Oh, it's just another rebuild. We've been through a ton of these, but to me, this is different. These are, these are the two hottest young names out there as far as talent evaluators and, and team builders. Um, and the fact that, I mean, Cunningham last year turned down a job with the Cardinals, turned down their general manager job. And Peters has said no to multiple teams that have asked him to interview. So these are, these are people with leverage and options, and they are choosing to go through this process with Washington. And I think it's fair to say, at least on some level, they're now competing uh, with each other to get the job. And so, you know, I, I, frankly, I think Peters is probably the leader. I, I think Peters is probably the favorite to land this. I think Peters is the guy they wanted. Um, but I, I bet Cunningham really impressed them. Um, you know, there's that clip that, like, I don't know if viral is the right word, but at least in, like, football circles, that clip of him explaining the marriage of analytics and scouting um, from one of those conferences earlier this year, I think really kind of maybe boosted his profile. I think the way – the Bears have handled, uh, you know, the draft and, and whether or not they become a dominant team, at least they are accumulating picks and, and putting themselves in position to succeed. Um, and then if you look at Cunningham's track record prior to that with the Eagles and the Ravens um, and Peters with the Niners in the past before that, like these are hot, these are hot ticket personnel evaluators. And this is a really exciting time for Washington. No doubt about it. J.P. Finley, B. Mitch and Finley, of course, 106.7 The Fan with us here on The Hoffman Show. Um, the fantasy idea is that you get them both somehow, that because they're both assistants right now, assistant GMs, you could put Peters in some kind of executive role, VP, president, executive VP, and still give Cunningham a boost to GM and somehow land them both. Is that remotely feasible? Remotely feasible, yes. I, I don't know how realistic it is. I don't know who wants the top job. You know what I mean? Like, if Cunningham just turned down a top job, is he going to take a not top job here? And, and honest, I, I don't know those. Like, I'm throwing out those questions. Right. And here's the one hesitation I can see for either guy. Um, say it's Peters who gets the head of football ops and Cunningham takes the GM role. And this could definitely happen. Like, I'm not ruling it out. But the one natural question for me is the, the rules of the NFL, when it, there are a lot, it's a lot more relaxed on the talent evaluator, GM, executive side than it is on the coaching side. The, the coaching side has a, a lot more restrictive procedures involved every offseason. But the one kind of big rule when it comes to the talent evaluator stuff is you, you can, they can't turn, they can't say no. Like your 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 home club, your employer club, right. cannot say no if somebody requests an interview, as long as it's for a promotion, right? But if Cunningham comes here and he's GM, and the structure at a lot of other teams is that they their lead guy is a GM, then all of a sudden it's not a promotion, and if he wanted to leave, he wouldn't be able to. So I just 
and, and they can come up with different titles and, and dress this up a million different ways. I just, it, it, these are the two hottest young candidates and both have turned down other jobs. I'm just not sure I see them both coming here to work together. That doesn't mean it might not happen. It doesn't mean the Harris group doesn't have juice on a level that we haven't seen in Washington in a long time. I just, I kind of question it. No, I agree. And I, and I think it's much more on like, why would Cunningham do that? If he's going to be the lead candidate for multiple jobs, why would he settle for being number two here? I guess the only reason I could come up with when I kind of did this mental exercise earlier is if he comes up at the end of this and is like, I don't really like any of these and staying in Chicago is a bad idea because polls is probably going to get whacked after this year unless things go perfectly. Maybe I should just go be the number two somewhere with some more stability. And then my next raise is going to be to that VP level anyway. So that's kind of the only scenario I could think of. But I, I to me, like the answers to all the questions you asked would lead to him not winding. Like the the, the needle that has to be thread there doesn't feel like it's, it's very likely to be threaded. I tend to agree. I'm not saying it won't happen. I don't know. I've asked and, and I haven't really gotten a real answer. Um, but I... It just doesn't – if it's – how often does – it just doesn't seem plausible to me. Like, 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 flip this to the coaching search, which is where I guess we're going next. And if the two hottest candidates are Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald, and Ben Johnson gets the job, do you think McDonald's also going to come right. to be the D.C.? Some of my Probably YouTube not. commenters sure do. They're uh, they're all in on that, and I'm like, you guys should look at how the rules work in lateral moves. No, I I agree with you, um, 100%. JP Finley with us here on the Hoffman Show. So here's here's the last question I want to ask on this JP, and I, I've really honestly just been thinking about this the last couple of minutes as we've been talking. So um, we can kind of flush this out together if you want. Is there with the quarterback situation being what it is, and the number two pick being in play? Is there one of these guys that gets a certain bump up or down because of that? Because we know that decision is the most consequential one for the next half decade, at least of this franchise. That experiences that they have drafting quarterbacks and what their resume is on quarterback development should give either one of them particularly a boost. Or even if you want to get a little conspiratorial, the fact that uh, the team that actually controls the draft one slot, slot ahead of you is the Bears where Cunningham is coming from? Do you get a little inside info if you hire him? I don't think so because I don't think – and specific to the Cunningham's with the Bears, the Bears have the first overall pick. How much info is there right now? Yeah, I don't know that they've made up their mind yet. So, really, Right. Maybe he knows that they really are going to trade fields or not, but NFL – front office executives are going to know that pretty soon anyway. Right. <laughs> Certainly by late February when they're doing all their scouting at the combine anyway, it'll be a known entity. And I, I mean, to me, all right, so I think the quarterback at number two question has a greater impact on the head coach selection than it does necessarily on the evaluator. But if you, if you want to paint this broadly, Adam Peters and the Niners, you can point to the success of Brock Purdy, and they were smart enough to take that kid at Mr. Irrelevant, or you can point to the Trey Lance trade, and that was a disaster. And I'm just thinking Cunningham this year, he's part of a front office that maybe is considering keeping fields when you have all these quarterback options available. 
Um, you could point to the fact that he was in Philly when they drafted, I believe, I don't have the calendar in front of me, I believe he was in Philly when they drafted Jalen Hurts, which looks great. But I also believe he was in Philly when they gave Carson Wentz a huge extension. So, like, I, the problem with talent evaluators is there's always going to be some, some hits and there's always going to be some misses. Now, the really good ones have a ton of hits and a few misses and that the hits are able to overcome the misses. That's what I want them to build in Washington is Sam Fran went all in, traded away a ton of capital to go get Trey Lance, realized he wasn't a guy, basically caught him. They traded him away to a serious rival of theirs in the Cowboys and are still the one seed. Like, that's when you know you've built something. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And, um, you know, thank you for shooting down the conspiracy theory in my head to start that answer. Um, but I, I think more importantly, I like, I mean, maybe yeah, you're right. I, I mean, look, if they if, if we were a lot closer to the draft, maybe um, it, it couldn't hurt uh, to, to have some familiarity with their thinking. But I think I think what you said. Or go ahead. Go ahead. If it was mid-March or something, I, I think you might be on to something. Yeah. But this early in the game, like I think. And, dude, people don't make changes like that in mid-March. And there's a reason. For the sure. In the five weeks. Well, and then the other part that you said that I think I want to underline for people is like. The job, everyone thinks the job is like, oh, you got to be the the best scout. You're up there at the combine with your binoculars. And it's like, actually, one of the best things you could be as a general manager is a reporter slash a secret agent. Like, your job is to know stuff. And so, um, while, yes, Cunningham would have the upper hand on knowing what the Bears are thinking if he comes from the Bears, if Peters is as good at his job as everyone thinks he is, he's also going to know. Um, And then the other thing, too, about, like, kind of the resumes that I think is interesting is, you know, maybe Cunningham was in the room and they gave Wentz the extension screaming not to give him the extension. Like, you just don't know when these front offices operate like this. You know that, obviously, the top decision maker signs off on that stuff. But uh, I have a feeling we're probably going to hear about a bunch of moves uh, in the next couple of weeks that, for instance, Marty Herney or Martin Mayhew didn't like, but Ron Rivera did anyway. Right. And I mean, like, I can tell you for sure, I know people in that room weren't didn't want to take Forbes over um... – Gonzalez. Gonzalez, that the Pats picked right behind him. Like, I know there were people in the room that didn't want that. And I think there's been a fair amount of politicking already of, like, Herney trying to distance himself from Ron and, and like, oh, oh, people are pointing to Mayhew as GM. And and it's like, ah, those are the titles for sure, but that's not exactly (laughs) how I've seen everything shake out. But largely, I think that's going to be irrelevant because everybody's getting replaced. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, last thing real quick with J.P. Finley. Of course, Commander's Insider for NBC4 and host of be Mitch and Finley over on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, as you mentioned, yes, the coaching search. Um, we know they've put in a bunch of requests. Um, by the time they can actually do interviews, like, do we are we pretty sure that this front office person is going to be in place to be a part of that process, and how will they impact that process? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Do I think they'll be in place for interviews? Yes. I think they're in place next week. And do I, how will they shape that process? I think it's going to be their process. Now, I, I think everybody's going to be involved, but I think, I think they want whoever it is, Peters or Cunningham, to then hire who they want. And, and I think the most exciting thing for Commanders fans, I'd argue for the first time in maybe with Robert, there's a whole lot of revisionist history about who didn't want Robert and that it was all banned. At the time, though, they were pretty into it. I think maybe the Shanahan's didn't agree with how much they gave up in the trade, but people were into Robert. But, like, the last time you had true consensus between owner, 
GM, head coach on a quarterback selection was probably Jason Campbell when Joe Gibbs was here. I, I think the opportunity here to have owner, football boss, head coach all on board with the number two overall pick and taking a new quarterback and, and setting this franchise in a new direction, whether it's good or bad, at least is the right path. Like, that's what functional teams do, and I think that's the most exciting thing. No doubt about it. All right, J.P. Finley, uh, breaking news all the time on Twitter in between hosting uh, the radio show that he hosts 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on 106.7 The Fan. Of course, you can listen to that like you can listen to us on the free Odyssey app. Uh, also on your television on NBC4, uh, possibly with Michael Phillips tonight. What kind of treat are we in for there? That is going to air Sunday in sports final. I okay. Uh, but, yeah, we, we did that. Uh, and, dude, shout out to Hoffman. I don't know that everybody knows this. But Hoff always tries to be super helpful in a radio station full of people that mostly try to, like, give you rabbit ears when you're trying to get something done. And, and I appreciate that, Hoff. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. I'm glad that you got your, uh, the rabbit ears adjusted uh, today to get your Wi-Fi working. We don't have to go into the full story, but, like, I'm glad, I'm glad it worked out for you. Indeed. Well, I will see you before then, but I am excited for February 2nd. Now that you know what it is. Do I remember correct? You're not a big drinker, right? No, definitely not. Not. uh, Now. Give me a ride home. Oh, uh, hmm. I'll have to see. Uh, I'll put it this way. Yeah, no, you definitely shouldn't drive. Uh, We won't. We will make sure you get home, whether I I, uh, do that. I might have to, considering the shenanigans of that night, I, I'm not, like, completely sober, and that might be a night where I partake for my own sanity. We might, we might even get Hoffman Ubering. This is going to be a heck of a night. Yeah. I mean, I don't know we'll go that crazy, but, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll play it by ear, you know? We'll just, we'll just all willy-nilly. Tell Russell if he wants to get tanked, he can sleep in my basement. I don't know if my wife agrees to that, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to wait and not tell him that uh, until you have approval from your wife, and you're going to thank me for that later. All right. Thanks, JP. See you, buddy. <laughs> that is JP Finley with us here on the Team 980. Vic, uh, did it feel like there was a half-second delay in JP's phone that entire interview? It felt like that. I just sometimes wonder if JP's phone is loading or JP is loading. I felt like there was a half second delay when I was talking to him off air too. So yeah, I think it's his phone. I think it's his phone. I mean, JP's a thoughtful guy. Yeah, he just maybe sometimes just kind of get the thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I did feel like there was a bit of a delay in the phone. We've had terrible phone luck for not my beat this week. We had a bad phone connection yesterday. Uh, we got we got JP's phone on a slight delay today. But you know what? We're tough. We're battle hardened. We just keep we just keep uh, riding through. Vic is a man of few words today. <laughs> but I was on a half-second delay. Oh, okay. I see. Well, well played. <laughs> All right. Uh, our NFL tiers. We restack the deck next. Uh, playoff team style. NFL tiers on the Hoffman Show. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. And, of course, we are always live in the audio form, as I just said, on the app, where you can also check out the Hoffman Show podcast. If you miss any part of the show, that is a great way to catch up. 
Uh, and we t- told you this uh, earlier in the show, but we're starting to put that podcast out a little bit faster as opposed to having to wait till the end of the show. Uh, so that's pretty exciting uh, as well. Just always finding better ways to uh, serve you, the audience, the listener on your schedule uh, here on the old radio. All right. Uh, Thursdays at 530 during the NFL season, we uh, we being Anthony and I have done our NFL tiers each and every week. Um, obviously, uh, we, we had a bunch of teams that got put in no chance at the end of, of the last time that we did this. Uh, and now even more teams have no chance because they've officially been eliminated and we are, we are in the playoffs. Um, Vic, that is about the most roundabout stupid way I could have set this segment up, but here we are. Sometimes, sometimes the brain is, is playing catch up. Uh, the point is we're going to keep the same four tiers that we had. We're going to restack the deck reshuffle if you will and we're going to spit out a brand new nfl tiers only with the playoff teams so ironically the criteria the criterion stay basically the same because the way that we organized this was we had prime contenders puncher's chance interesting but not quite good enough and then we had uh, no chance. And really, it was prime contenders is we wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Super Bowl, which I think that's the one that we can kind of change. Like, we wouldn't be surprised to see them win the Super Bowl. But really, how different is it? So wouldn't be surprised to see them win the Super Bowl. Puncher's chance, like, we wouldn't be surprised to see them in the championship game, like the title, uh, the conference championship game. But realistically, like, winning a Super Bowl is, is asking too much. And that's kind of that's kind of still how that one goes. Interesting, but not quite good enough. It's kind of self-explanatory. It's like maybe they can get out of wild card weekend, but not much further. And no chance is like, hey, you're not you're not winning anything. You're the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I mean that was really the definition for most of the season, if we're being <laughs> honest. Um, but now we need the playoff edition of all of that. So that is the criteria. Those are the categories. And uh, Victor over there had a good idea. Uh, we're just going to go through the schedule game by game, look at each team, and say, hey, this is where they belong. All right. Browns-Texans is the first matchup. That is Sunday on NBC. Cleveland two-point favorites on the road. We will pick the game tomorrow. Uh, Vic, I would posit that both of these teams kind of go in the interesting but not good enough and the Texans might go in no chance which I it feels so harsh because they're a playoff team and they're good and we're talking about good teams here but relatively speaking to go on a run where you have to play wild card weekend with a rookie quarterback is one hell of an ask and I think the Browns get at least interesting but not good enough because their defense is legitimately one of the best units in the playoffs what about Brown star cornerback Denzel Ward he injured his knee in practice today I mean these guys just continuously get injuries after injuries after injuries I just don't know how much longer they could sustain that when now you're going up against the upper echelon of teams no I don't disagree with you um I I don't like in many ways the Browns are going in this category is because I've already doubted them so many times this year and they just keep proving me wrong Joe Flacco hasn't lost a game but like I don't know. I might. It's funny because I, I put the Browns over the Texans in these rankings, trying to be objective. And there's a really good chance that I pick the Texans tomorrow. 
how could you not pick the Texans after what C.J. Stroud did against Indianapolis in a must-win game? Yeah, he's just a gamer. But, like, eventually you're going to run into other gamers who are better. And you're a rookie in the playoffs, first-year head coach in the playoffs. Slowick, first time being an offensive coordinator in the playoffs. Like, there's just so many... Ah, there's just there's so many hurdles and like they're they're defensively like they're good but they're young like it's just a bunch of dudes who haven't been there so the chances that they would go and win three four what did they have to win four games to win the Super Bowl like it just feels yeah. incredibly unlikely and the Browns like that their defense would be this like hold up over the the full amount it just again it feels unlikely to what me. makes it interesting is Joe Flacco just to see yeah, what I mean, kind of Joe yeah. Flacco are we going to get? Are we going to get that Baltimore Ravens Could you imagine comeback a quarterback run? who's not that good, not elite, some might say, just all of a sudden going on a run? Uh, we we call that a Joe Flacco, right? But it's also, also it's like you know what? I might move the Browns down. I think I think you've actually convinced me to do this. Sorry, Browns fans. I, I've doubted you all year. You've won anyway. So honestly, you're welcome, Browns fans. Joe Flacco's already had his run. He's four and zero. You're telling me Joe Flacco is going to come back in the middle of a season, go 8-0 and win a Super Bowl? No chance. By definition, no chance. All right. All right. So it's a meaningless game. Browns, Texans. <laughs> we're going to watch. Might as well just skip it. Congratulations to both teams. You've had phenomenal seasons. You should be really proud of your teams and have fun. Uh, and you just never know. I mean, it's single elimination. That is the nature of things. Um, all right, Dolphins and Chiefs. This is the game that everyone is mad about, uh, Vic, because it's on Peacock. Yeah, it's on Peacock. Unless you're in Kansas City or Miami, I think that's on their local station. But outside yeah. their markets, yeah, so you're, you're screwed. listening on the free Odyssey app in those markets, uh, then congratulations. Turn to your local, probably NBC station, but actually, I don't know. They might just have a local agreement with whoever, like their pre- wherever their preseason games are. Um, but I have Peacock, so I'm, a, yeah, I'm okay. Like, I'm I don't okay. Know, like who doesn't? I watch The Office like every day. So say yeah, whether whether it's because you watch The Office or you watch Premier League or you watch The Voice or you like NBC's got some popular stuff. Man. A lot of good stuff. Um, We're plugging them right now. Yeah, I know. Can we get a free membership? Sure, folks at NBC Universal. Why I'm not? Saying. Did you see there was a story? I think there's a Chiefs player that's giving away 90 Peacock subscriptions for free. That's pretty cool. Although, well, I mean, the rest it, are not for free. They probably he's probably paying. He's for paying it. for it, but I mean, you wouldn't want to give it to the in your market though. You want those Chiefs fans out them outside the market to get those. Yeah, an expansion on Chiefs Kingdom, yeah. um, if you will. Uh, everything the light touches could be yours. Uh, anyway, the point is, you have the Chiefs, who defensively have been awesome all year. Offensively, still feel like they haven't figured it out, but they have Patrick Mahomes and the Dolphins, who I feel terrible for. These talk about guys who cannot catch a break. I think the Dolphins were one of the best three teams in football for most of the year, and they are just not the same team. And I hate what's going to happen to the narrative that they're soft, that they're this, they can't finish in December. There's going to be a lot of silly narrative stuff potentially that that happens here. And it's really comes down to the fact that the injuries have, have killed them. And it's why with their offense, with Tyreek, with Tua and with what they've built I I still think they have enough to be an interesting but not quite good enough but I can't put them any higher than that and I had them I would have had them in prime contenders by the end of November I absolutely agree with that and I mean do you think Tyreek Hill has kind of like already reached his peak 
because I'm just thinking about that game against Baltimore when he had a wide open catch for a touchdown, bobbled it, dropped it, and then well, the rest was history after I mean, that. It seems like we're in his peak right now. He did just damn near have a 2,000 yard season. Um, but well, I, most I of think... it against Washington. <laughs> well, he had he had a multiple games like that. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Um, that's how you get damn near 2,000. I think I think for Tyreek like. He's tweaked his ankle a couple times, I feel like, this year, and he's playing banged up. Like, if you watch Hard Knocks, like, he's limping around all the time the last two, three weeks. Like, he missed the one game. I just I, – when you're not right physically, you don't perform as well, and it's not just in the ways that you think. You're not just not quite as fast or as quick. Like, you drop more balls because your body's distracted. Like, and I, and I just wonder if he's not quite right. Jalen Waddles missed a bunch of time. Obviously, they've lost Jalen Phillips. They lost Bradley Chubb. They've now lost Andrew Van Ginkle. So they're down their top three edge guys. They just signed like Justin Houston. Uh, like It's funny because there's a joke somewhere about Miami and retirement and everyone going to South Florida. But like really they just signed a bunch of dudes who otherwise you would have thought were retired because they need vets to play this week in the playoffs in zero degrees at Arrowhead. Yikes. How much of a mental... Uh block is it though for Miami to be in this game after losing the week before against Buffalo for the title and you lose it at home and now you have to come to Kansas City I just don't know mentally can you get past that I, it's going to be tough but they're going to have to and they've been in a, a bit of a slide I mean because that game was after the absolute, debac- or absolute debacle against Baltimore so it's tough um, but I, just, I think it's a talent issue more than I, do, I think it is anything else so I'm going to put them in interesting but not good enough. I think the Chiefs have a puncher's chance. I cannot in good conscience with where their offense has been put the Chiefs in prime contenders. But they do have Mahomes, which means there are receivers catching footballs away from figuring out the offense at any time because Mahomes really hasn't been that different of a guy. And he's still like one of the NFL's leading passers. Like it's insane what that dude does and what he creates. And we're about to get playoff Pat where he starts running off, running around a lot more. And their defense has been a top five unit pretty much all year. So they definitely have a chance. Offensively, if they were clicking more, they'd be right up at the top of the list. But I think, like, I think it's no secret we're going to put Ravens, the Ravens in private contenders. They don't belong in the same neighborhood as the Ravens right now, even if they absolutely could beat them, which is why they're in puncher's chance. Absolutely agree. Everything you just said, you just took it out of my mouth. You should I, host the show, Vic. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So, yeah, Chiefs, I mean, they're the defending champs, right? So yeah. you got to have some respectability there that you can't just be no chance. You can't be interesting but not good enough. I think puncher's chance is right where they belong. It, it's just it's one of those things, well, if, they're, if the receivers can catch the football, there's your chance right there. Easy enough. All right, let's take a quick break. Come back. We will hit the final one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, crap. We have to do 10 teams. Well, we really don't have to do 10 because uh, the two teams with buys, we know where they're going to wind up. We get through the, the final eight teams that we have to really rank next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, live as well on the free Odyssey app. Continuing with our NFL power rankings here on this Thursday, our NFL tiers, because power rankings are for people that like to be overly definitive, and we like to live in the gray area on this show a little bit. We like to try to be more accurate, even if it means being less hot takey. This team's definitely better than this team. No, they just kind of belong together. So that's how we came up with the tier system. 
uh, Vic in for Anthony today. Uh, so Vic helping us, helping me out uh, as we continue through. We'll go a little bit faster through the Sunday and Monday game, Vic. Steelers, you're like, yeah, you're the one who's talking too much. Got Lightning it. round. Got uh, it. Steelers and Bills. Uh, the Steelers, they're in no chance. Do we need any real further explanation? Um, what about interesting only because of the Mike Tomlin factor? I mean, they're always And they're going to be playing in Buffalo but again, in the weather. It's not, it's not about this weekend. That's it's true. It's about the ability to win the Super Bowl. All right, no chance. They have no chance. Their quarterback is you, Mason You talked Rudolph. me out of it. Uh, all right. I think the Bills belong in puncher's chance, like to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if I can trust them. Like, can Allen put together four straight non turnover games with a high enough level against the best competition to win? Maybe, but you want to bet on it in the way you would be willing to bet on the Ravens and 49ers? I would say no. I actually have them as a prime contender. I I, I really do. I think out of the Ravens and the 49ers, there's got to be a third possible team, and I think it's the Buffalo Bills. I like Josh Allen. I like the way they're playing right now. And you got to consider this, too, with the Ravens. You know, Lamar Jackson and company has not proven that they are – a playoff team you know they're a regular season team and if it comes down to bills and baltimore in the afc championship i i, could I cons- might pick buffalo i, I, I mean i pick hear buffalo you. um you know what they have they've won six of seven which always does scare me it's like oh they're in great form like i don't know they're also kind of due for a loss um but you know what vic i'm with you there you go uh bill's prime contender they have been one of the best teams in football and they they've Unlike a lot of teams who are losing players, they have gotten some guys back, uh, which is obviously helpful, you know, the whole good players thing. All right, Packers and Cowboys. Packers come in 9-8. and eight. Like, Jordan loves a nice story. Um, I just don't know that they have enough talent to get it done. To me, they're either interesting but not good enough. Uh, but realistically, also, with where they are from a seed standpoint, they got to go to Dallas, for instance, to start uh, things. I kind of think they belong in no chance. Yep, no chance. They're not even going to get out of they Dallas. Might, they might be my favorite team in no chance, but that they still belong in no chance. I, I'm rooting for them, but that's not going to happen. And then as much as this – well, there's a lot of Cowboys fans in D.C., so this might make a lot of people listening happy. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, Commanders fans upset. I think the Dallas Cowboys are for real. I think they are prime contenders. Really? Yes. Interesting. I got them as puncher's chance. I am – I will admit to being torn. I'm trying not to be biased, but I don't know if I'm trying overly hard not to be biased towards the fact that, like, Mike McCarthy in the playoffs scares the daylights out of me because he has come up small time and time again. He has won one Super Bowl, but there's also a long list of disappointing big-time games from McCarthy. Um, And he's the play caller and not to mention the head coach. Like, but they also have been... One of the best teams all year. Like, this version of the Dallas Cowboys has a spunk and a fire and a believability to them that even the previous two years version that also won 12 games, I don't think had. Like, CeeDee Lamb being a grown-ass adult monster of a wide receiver is a game-changer. Micah Parsons more mature, more advanced in his career. Like, I just, I like this team a lot. Not, like, personally, emotionally, objectively i think this team is legitimately as good as buffalo and right there with the the baltimores and the san francisco's of the world even if obviously they played san francisco earlier in the year and it did not go particularly well 
Well, the reason I have them in puncher's chance is only on one thing, and that's the 49ers. It's their fate is determined by San Francisco. If San Francisco somehow loses one of their games and Dallas wins their games, then they will be hosting the NFC Championship, and then I would trust Dallas to go to the Super Bowl. So I think that's why this puncher's chance is I think it depends on what San Francisco does which determines the fate of Dallas. I am going to oh, I'm going to I'm going to pull rank here. I'm going to put the Cowboys in prime contenders. It's a great point. But I do think that even if they have to go to San Francisco, like I don't I, I think Dallas is one of the teams that can go toe to toe with them. Uh Rams, they they're interesting to me. Um like they're interesting but not good enough. With Stafford this year, they've been pretty damn good. Um without him, they were obviously awful. Uh, and they have Stafford right now, so that you know it's really just saying like their record would be better if they didn't lose Stafford for a couple games in the middle of the season and kind of hit a skid they've worked themselves out of. Um, defensively, like they're very hit or miss, but they still have Aaron Donald. Offensively, uh, Kyron Williams has been an, a horse for them. They've got the receivers. I don't think they belong quite in no chance. Stafford and, and McVay have been there, but I, they're also like they can't be any better than that considering they're not thoroughly dominant consistently on one side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. Rams, I think it all hinges on Stafford. You know, if he pulls one out again like he did when they won the Super Bowl, I think it depends on, on Stafford and McVay. If he gets super hot, yeah, yeah. That would be... And if he, if he does, then look out. Uh, and then I think the Lions belong in puncher's chance because as uninspiring uh, as their history is, this Lions team is pretty solid defensively and they are a juggernaut offensively. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with Puncher's chance in this one. And they also one. play with toughness, which matters. Yeah, because let's say they have to go back to Dallas or San Francisco. Do they match up well against Dallas or San Francisco? They I clearly mean, match up well with Dallas. With Dallas, yeah, and San Francisco, I think so too. I mean, on the road, I, I think Detroit can do that. So I give them the Puncher's chance as well. All right, we're, we're both on Puncher's chance for Detroit. Uh, that is the 8 o'clock Sunday night game. And then Monday, Eagles, Bucks. Um, the Bucks have no chance. Sorry to them. Congrats on making the playoffs. That's Scored nine get. points against Carolina. Yeah. And I think the Eagles at this point are interesting but not quite good enough. Um, wow. They, I know it sounds crazy Weird. considering where they were not that long ago. But you finish the season one and five. Their defense seems fundamentally broken even though I – you know, the secondary pieces have declined in, in their ability, but they also, like, there's some names over there that I really like. Their defensive line could just put it together and be dominant for a month, and they could be back in the Super Bowl again. Offensively, I don't know what to make of them. A.J. Brown banged up. Jalen Hurts banged up. Their offensive line still their offensive line, and it's still playoff football. But, like, realistically, when you've been this bad for this long, and everything, the vibes are bad, all of a sudden there's talk that could Sirianni be out? Like, that's where we are. And that's crazy. A year after being in the Super Bowl and being, uh, what were they, 11-1 at one point? But realistically, they're, they're interesting. Could they make a run? Like, I see how it could happen. But they're not good enough right now. I think it's their defense. I mean, remember they got, when did they get rid of their D D.C.? Yeah, I mean, they just reassigned him, and they put Matt Patricia in charge, and I think things got worse. It's gotten worse and all that. I mean, their defense is pretty much a car carbon copy of what the Washington Commanders are at the moment. So, I mean, if that's the case, 
I would have to put you in no chance. Yeah, it's so funny because we've had so many discussions this year about Sam Howell, and like it's like, oh, but those Eagles games, it's like in hindsight, it's like, oh, that's why. That's why. That's that's not great. So I, I would put him in no chance. Maybe I'm biased, but I can see why they're interesting but not good they've enough. Earned, they've earned they've, the right by going it. to the Super Bowl last year, being the defending conference champions, that's it. being an 11-win team to say that they are interesting but not good enough. I can't. I don't think I can say no chance. And part of that is just respect for guys like Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And I mean, they still have the best offensive line in football. What about A.J. Brown, though? I mean, what's his status, too? So, I mean, that's we'll why I have him in no chance. But I'll, I I, I will give up the interesting but not good enough for you. All right. So, I then went and typed in Ravens and 49ers and prime contenders as the two teams with the buys. Any, uh, any, any arguments there? Nope. That's all right. Lamar Jackson. That's all it is. Yeah, Lamar, uh, as well as uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Brock McCaffrey, everybody, Ayuk, uh, Fred Warner. I mean, if you wanted to put Ravens and Punchers chance based off their playoff history, I might buy but into that's, that. That's every team, right? Right. It's so hard to win the Super Bowl. I right. That's unless why you're Mahomes, and right. even then, you've you've. That's you the know. only argument potentially, but I still probably wouldn't buy that. No, I think based off the year, it's what we're trying to go on, trying to take previous bias out of it. So that puts. The final rankings as such. Prime contenders, Bills, Cowboys, Ravens, Niners, Punchers, Chance, Lions, Chiefs, Interesting but Not Good Enough, Dolphins, Rams, Eagles, No Chance, Texans, Browns, Steelers, Packers, Bucks. And honestly, sometimes we look at this at the end, Vic, and Anthony and I go, ah, that team's got to move. That doesn't feel right. Right. This feels right to me. This feels perfect. And now watch us be wrong. Watch us be wrong in a few days. Yeah, no, uh, by by Tuesday when we get back after the holiday, we're going to look back at this and be like, idiots, <laughs> prime contender, Cowboys will lose in the first round. Should have seen the upset. Texans this whole time. Yeah, I mean, idiots we are. It always looks good on the front end. What what happens at the end? <laughs> All right, uh, what happens next for the commanders? Uh, they're going to finish hiring this front office person. We'll see who it is. We'll uh, see if there's any updates. I haven't seen anything come through in the last hour or so. Uh, and then they're going to hire a head coach. And I went through an exercise today with Logan Paulson that was pretty, pretty fascinating for our recording of Take Command. And before we let you hear the entire podcast, uh, which will be out shortly on your favorite podcast platform, so you can listen to it right after this here radio show, um, some reflections on that exercise and why we landed on definitively the Washington Commanders having the best opening for a head coach in the NFL. That's next. Stop and show. We're on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.